you believe and admit, I'm a mess, then you're never gonna have the relationship with God that's gonna spill over into a right relationship with anybody. Your evil, unbelieving heart is going to ruin every relationship until you can expose and admit and humble yourself that our marriage doesn't have issues, I am the issue. Welcome to Resonate with Trent Griffith, Senior Pastor of Harvest Bible Chapel in Granger, Indiana. I'm Aaron Paulus. We've spent the last few weeks in a series called Marriage Matters, and today we'll continue in the series as we dig deep into God's Word. Today we'll study Matthew chapter 19, where we'll find the Pharisees challenging Jesus' authority by trying to trap him with a question about divorce. We learned last week in part one of the message that Jesus told them that divorce was allowed because of the hardness of their hearts. Let's listen now as Pastor Trent Griffith helps us understand four ways that we can keep our own hearts from becoming hardened toward God and each other. With the conclusion of the message, The Matter of the Heart, here's Pastor Trent. There was a famous Pharisee that lived a couple of decades before Jesus. His name was Hillel. Hillel taught that you could divorce for any reason, which was a complete misinterpretation of what God said in the Old Testament. And Jesus called their bluff. And so in verse 8, he says, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses allowed you to divorce. Remember, they said, why did Moses command? He didn't command, and Jesus calls him on it. He didn't command, he allowed. Why did he allow? Tells us, because of the hardness of their heart. But from the beginning, it was not so. And so we need to understand here that God regulates divorce in the Old Testament, and we get to the New Testament here, and the fifth thing that we're going to spend the rest of our time on is this. God gets to the heart of Divorce. The matter of divorce is a matter of the heart. And so Jesus, in teaching this passage to them, correctly interpreting verse uh, Moses, uh, Deuteronomy 24, verses 1 through 4, he clears up all the misunderstanding and says that, yes, divorce was permitted in order to stabilize the hard-heartedness of these men who were divorcing and ripping apart their marriages and families and all the effects it was having on children, that God put in place a protection for the, the woman, the wife, and the children. He regulated and says, you can't be bouncing around here. And so he gives that permission. And the Pharisees didn't even have a category for what Jesus was talking about. Jesus was talking about the matter of the heart, the hardness of your heart. They, they couldn't they, they couldn't deal with sins of the heart. Everything had to be letter of the law. It was all this code. It was external religion. And Jesus took them to the matter of the heart. So the one thing that Jesus says causes divorce is this, hardness of heart. So let's talk about the heart for a minute. What is a heart in the Bible? It's not talking about the blood pumper. It's talking about the center of our being. Older translations of the Bible use the word bowels. That's not a pretty picture. So we, we like the heart, okay? We, in English, we kind of say the heart there because it's the center of who we are. And your heart is simply a love factory. Do you think that would be a great sign over a guy's dormitory in, in college, the love factory? Probably not. But every one of us has a love factory on the inside of our heart. How do we know that that's where the love originates? Because of what Jesus taught in Matthew 22. 
the Pharisees again were coming to Jesus, testing him. They didn't really want the real answer. And he says, hey, which one is the greatest commandment? And Jesus gives them the answer. He says, love the Lord your God with all your what? So what do you love with? You love with your heart. And your heart constantly, all day long, is puffing out little poofs of love. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking about Valentine's Day and romance and all that. That's not the way it is. In our culture, we, somebody can say, I love pizza. Or, or I love the Chicago Bears. Or I love my wife. And all three of those would have different meanings. At least they better have different meanings if you're married, right? What we're saying is our heart is drawn to things it thinks it needs. It has a desire to suck from something or someone things that it needs. So Jesus said the reason you get a divorce is because of the hardness of a heart. So we all have some hardness of heart because we're all broken. Every one of us. If hardness of heart is the only qualification for divorce, then we could get divorced anytime we wanted to. Because my wife could find hardness of heart in me pretty much on any given day. And you're same situation. So you may be sitting here like, man, I'd like to get out of my marriage. And I'm seeing my, my husband, my, my wife's heart is pretty hard. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. And God says I could do it because of the hardness of his heart. No, wait, 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 wait. What's the qualifier What's the proof? What is the biblical proof that your spouse or you have the degree of hardness that is required in order for you to be allowed to escape your marriage vow? There are two given in Scripture. Jesus gives us the first one here. The proof of hardness of heart is what? Look at what he says in verse 9. I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. See the word sexual immorality there? It's a very specific Greek word. It's not the typical word that one would use for adultery, which is what we would expect to be in there. You know, if a husband commits adultery, if a wife commits adultery, then he's, he's committed uh, grounds for divorce. That's what we would say. But the word is not the word for adultery. It's a different word. The word is pornea the word that we get our English word pornography from. What it includes is all types of sexual activity with another person. It is the physical act of sexual immorality, not the emotional act of lust. Lust is not a ground for sexual, is not a ground for divorce. It is activity with another person person that Jesus is talking about here. And so we need to understand, he says, if you, if you divorce your wife and it's not for sexual immorality and you go marry another person, you are now committing adultery. So the question is, well, what is happening in this second marriage? Does it mean that this wife and this husband, this new wife and this, this new husband after the first, it gets so complicated. It, does that mean that they are continually committing adultery? I don't think so. I think what it means is this relationship was born in adultery, never should have began, but now that it's begun, it's 
considered biblically a biblical marriage. He marries another. There is a legitimate marriage there. Maybe it shouldn't have happened because he's, this guy should be married to this guy, but he got hard and now he's doing this. And it starts to get all unraveled. And listen, we're not going to answer all your questions about divorce and remarriage in this message. I, I would encourage you to pick up a book that's out there on the book table and you can pick it up. It's called Marriage, Divorce, and Remarriage in the Bible, Jay Adams. And, uh, and just study this. I've given this to people in our church and it's really given them some some hope. It's given them some understanding of how they can do what God wants them to do in the context of their marriage. So that's the first proof of the hardness of heart that is the cause for marriage. There's one other given in Scripture. It's not given in the Gospels. It's given by the Apostle Paul who wrote almost half of the New Testament in 1 Corinthians chapter 7. He gives us another qualifier for the hardness of a heart. And he says this, it's the desertion by an unbeliever. So he says this in 1 Corinthians 7, verse 13, if a woman has a husband who is not a believer and he is willing to live with her, she must not divorce him. So if you're married to an unbeliever and the unbeliever's okay with it, you should stay married to the unbeliever. Now, in other places in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it says don't initiate that. You shouldn't be unequally yoked. You shouldn't be married to an unbeliever. But if you, maybe you're both unbelievers, one of you gets saved and now you're a believer, should you go and divorce the unbeliever? That's what he's dealing with. He says, no, don't do that. And then two verses later, he says this, but if the unbeliever leaves, let it be so. The brother or the sister is not bound in such circumstances. Why? Because God has called us to peace. So he gives these two qualifiers for the hardness of heart that would permit, not prescribe, but permit divorce. But it all goes back to the hardness of a person's heart. Now, I, can, I, I realize that this, that's a lot of technical teaching. And again, none of those five truths is going to help you in any way from divorcing. You may stay, to, you, you may stay married based on those things. But that's not going to help you achieve the purpose that God wants for your marriage. So I need to motivate you a little more here. And, and in order to do that, I have some friends here to help me with that. Because my goal is to be helpful. Didn't you come to church to be helped? Okay. I didn't just come to, to give you some truth. And now you're a Bible fathead going out of here. You can press your friends with what the Bible says about divorce. So um, we, we, need, we need some help here. So um, let me introduce you to these two guys. Um, this, is, this is Mr. Mug. And this is Mrs. Mug. And they're very happy today. And uh, the reason they're so happy is because they are in love. You ever been in love? Okay, so these guys met in college, all right, when they both looked their best. So, I mean, look at her. I mean, she's hot. This is a knockout. Why would he not be drawn? So his eyes get on her. And so, you know, he chases her around a little bit. And uh, finally, you know, she, she's won over because, because he finally gets a job. And um, he has a degree, you know, and there's hope now for him. And she's like, okay. And, and so they, they, they get married. The first month into their marriage, all of a sudden, they have a problem. Do you know why? What was on the inside of her came out when she got bumped by him. And what was on the inside of him came out when he got bumped by her. Why had they never seen these things before? Because when you're dating, you only let someone see the best of what's on the inside of you, right? 
And you cover and you hide all those deep, dark things. And matter of fact, you, you think, you even share a few things that, you know, this is something that you really wouldn't be impressed with me. But then after a while, it's like you're out of those things because you only know about 1% of the bad things. At least you're only going to admit about 1% of the bad things. But then in marriage, what God does is he puts you close enough to where continually what happens is you keep having these issues. And Mr. Mug, he's thinking, man, what is going on? I, these feelings that I used to have for her, I, they're not there anymore. And so he just kind of distances himself and she, that makes him, that makes her even matter. And, and she's like, you, you won't talk to me. And he doesn't. And so, you know what she does? She's got to talk. So she goes talk to her sister. And, um, her sister, she's been through a divorce. And she starts giving her marriage counseling. Free, of course. And, um, she's telling her, you don't have to take that. You, you deserve to be treated in a way that's not like that. You should go tell him your mind. And so you should go tell him all the things that are wrong with him. So she does. And she does again. And this is not going well. Because the more time she tells him, the more junk keeps coming out of him. And she's like, man, I've never seen this side of him before. And, and he's like, okay, I've got to go talk to someone too. So he goes and talks to... Um, guys really don't have anybody to talk to. So they... Uh, <laughs> They just go, they just go talk to themselves in the mirror, I guess. And, and he, he's looking in the mirror saying, I don't deserve this. I didn't sign up for this. Maybe I married the wrong person. And, and, but here I am. I'm stuck. And, you know, I'm even going to church and they tell me I can't divorce. So this is what they do. In order to resolve this, this is what they do. They stay married. But they just don't ever get close enough to bump. So she comes and sits down on the couch and he goes out to the garage and plays with his motorcycle. And, um, She's in the kitchen cooking, and he goes and sits down and watches TV. And, and they just avoid each other. Now, they may stay married for the next 50 years, but have they achieved God's purpose for their marriage? No. But they're protecting and guarding and hardening their heart because they don't like what they're seeing come out. Well, that works fine for a while, but the problem is, is uh, one day, um, Mr. Mug is at work, and he sees Missy Mug. And, if, and you've already noticed how hot she is. So, um, you know, obviously he's like, whoa, I'm having feelings again. I haven't felt these things for 10 years. And it's like, man, whoo. And he's like, I, whoo, you know. And, and she's not playing hard to get at all because, I mean, she's like, wait, I'm waiting, you know. And so these, this, these guys get together and, and all of a sudden, He's like, man, she's perfect. She, not all this stuff comes out. But what's going to happen if for some reason he was to divorce her and marry her? Ow. Yeah. <laughs> it hurts. Now, Mr. Mug, Mr. Mug thinks, he thinks that the reason all this stuff's coming out of him is because she bumps him. If she would quit bumping me, I would quit having these episodes of outburst of anger and, and I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't act this way if she stopped bumping me, right? That's what he's thinking. That's not true. What the truth is, is this. Do you know why this stuff keeps coming out of him? Here it is. Write it down. It's in there. I'm trying to be helpful. You see, whatever's on the inside 
comes out when you get bumped. Right? Here's another reality. Whatever is on the, what's on the inside comes outside no matter who you're with. It's not her. It's not her. Who is it? It's him. So it's a matter of the heart. So we've got to deal with the, the issue of the heart. Let's try to do that here for the next few minutes. Now understand this. Everybody here has stuff on the inside of them. Okay, it's the it's the part of us that we need Jesus for the part that he needs to clean up and rectify and redeem and all of those things. And most of us never get close enough to somebody until we're married to get bumped hard enough to see this stuff come out. But whatever's on the inside comes out when you get bumped and what's in you is going to come out of you no matter who's with you. So what do we do? We've got to learn how to soften this hard heart. So here, really quickly, are four things that we can do to soften our hearts. Trying to be helpful. Number one, identify what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Now, I grew up in a church that just, we just no, this wasn't actually taught, but it was just kind of absorbed that feelings were bad. I mean, you, just, you don't, especially in church, you don't express feelings because feelings can't be trusted and they're so flaky and you're so shallow. And, you know, listen, feelings aren't bad. God created feelings. God created emotion in us. God has emotion. God has feelings. He hates divorce. And so God has emotions. We have emotion. Emotion is not bad. What you do with those emotions can be bad and create bad results. So we've got to know what, what's going on on the inside of us. Now, for guys, when we get bumped, we feel deeply. It's a myth that guys are not as emotional as women. As a matter of fact, at times, guys are a lot more emotional than women. But we don't really know how to identify what it is that we're feeling, right? So you say, what's wrong? I'm just mad. Expand on that. I'm really mad, you know. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just frustrated. I just, you know, it's like there's stuff going on on the inside of his heart, but he doesn't really know how to deal with it. Now, if we can learn to identify what that feeling is, and we can not be so proud as to admit it's there, now we can make some progress. You see, what we're feeling when we're mad, it could be the result of we're embarrassed, or we feel belittled, or disrespected or we feel like a failure, or we feel old, or fat, or ugly, or we don't feel cherished, we don't feel treasured, we don't feel valuable. And there, that could be the result of something that happened when you were seven years old before you ever met your spouse. All that stuff is in there, you just got bumped and it came out. So the key to admitting what's in there is humility to say, I'm not going to protect this heart. I'm not going to harden it. I'm going to let you see all the junk that's there before you bump me. I'm going to let you know it's in there. And I'm going I'm to recruit your help to help me get it out of there in a healthy way. So identify what you're feeling and why you're feeling it. Number two, tell your spouse how you feel when you're not feeling it. Okay, You don't tell your spouse how angry you are while you're angry. You tell them, here's what's going on in me. I, I, I feel when you fact. You understand that little equation there? I feel angry 
when you kick the dog. Because I love the dog. And you kicking the dog is like kicking me. (gasps) I didn't know that before. You know what a healthy person does with a healthy heart when somebody tells them that they're doing something that hurts them? If you love this person, what does this person do? They say, thank you for telling me. That's the hardest part. And then a healthy person does what they can to change their behavior because they love this person and they don't want to be an annoyance or an irritation. But if your heart is so insecure and it's all about you, then you, you're going to protect and harden that heart and defend yourself and rationalize why you do those things. But you're never going to achieve oneness if you do that. So tell your spouse. Number three, make love. A verb. Make love a verb. All right? You see, we tend to think of love a noun. We, we think about falling in love or looking for love, Right? And we think of love as something that happens to us. Love is a verb. And those that make love a verb will find that they more often make love. Uh, Number four is this. Ask God for a new heart. Now, 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 the reality for some of us is, again, everybody has some degree of hardness in their heart. Hardness towards another person, hardness toward parents, hardness toward God, because things aren't working out the way you would have done them if you were God. And so all of us have some degree of hardness in our heart. How do you deal with that? Listen, the reality is there's not a whole lot you can do. It has to be done to you. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 12 says this, Take care, brothers, lest there be in you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. Now, I want all eyes on me here for just a minute. I want you to understand this. Every eyeball. Until you have come to the place where you believe that your heart is evil and unbelieving of the truth of God, then you have never even come to know the true God. You see, if if God says to you what He just said in that verse, that our hearts are evil and unbelieving, then we can see the evil and the unbelief in everybody but who? Right here. And until you come to the place where you understand how evil and how unbelieving, unbelieving means not that you don't believe anything, it means that you believe the lie about God that somehow He's out to get you and He doesn't care for you and he, His power can't save you and His power can't change you and His power can't do what needs to be done in your heart until you believe and admit, I'm a mess, I'm a wreck, I'm rotten to the core. I don't know why anybody would love me, much less God. Then you're never going to have the relationship with God that's going to spill over into a right relationship with anybody. Your evil, unbelieving heart is going to ruin every relationship until you can expose and admit and humble yourself that our marriage doesn't have issues. I am the issue. I am the issue. And that evil, unbelieving heart causes you to fall away from God and it causes you to fall away from each other. What do you do about that? Good news, good news. Ezekiel 36, verse 26. This is a promise from God. I will give you a new heart. 
What an offer. God, you would take out the junk in my life that's causing all this frustration. God, you would, you would just extract all that hardness. and God, you would take all of that out and, and you would replace it with what kind of heart? I'll give you a new spirit. I'll put it within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. Soft, tender, humble, teachable, pliable so that what can happen? We can stop bumping one another and we can become... One. That's the goal, right? Now listen, there's still junk in here. But it's our junk. Not his junk or her junk. And God's given us a portion of the Spirit in our union to deal with that. Now listen, whether you're married, divorced, remarried, or single, or widowed, we've been saying it over and over. Everybody in here has some degree of hardness toward another person, possibly a spouse, mom or a dad. Somebody else's divorce may have affected your heart, and it's so hard. It's hard toward God. It refuses to believe what God says in His Word is best for you. And this is the way we're going to end the service. I want to give you an opportunity to acknowledge some hardness And I want to talk to those of you that are married right now. What's going on in your marriage is because of a hard heart. An evil and unbelieving heart. If you can admit that, that's your first step towards your heart becoming restored and your marriage being what you've always wanted it to be and what it was in the early days when you were first attracted to each other. Those of you that are single or those of you that are not married... I guess that would be the same category. (laughs) Some of you have hardness of heart. Some of you have a hard heart toward God because you're not married. And you need to allow God to meet those needs in your heart. The key to staying married is to get your heart's needs met by someone other than your spouse. Once you understand how treasured and loved and valued you are by God who created your heart, you will release your spouse from having to meet all your needs. That's the key. Then God can restore. Then God can redeem. Then God can create oneness in a marriage. Whether you're single, married, widowed, or divorced, God wants you to understand that He alone can meet the deepest needs of your heart. As we just heard from Pastor Trent Griffith, understanding how valued we are by God helps us release our spouses, friends, and loved ones from meeting all our needs. Knowing God's deep love for us also helps us point others to Jesus. I hope you'll join us at this same time next week as we continue in the series, Marriage Matters. 
We'd also love to invite you to worship with us at Harvest Bible Chapel at our Granger, Indiana campus or our St. Joseph, Michigan campus. The same powerful teaching that you hear each week on Resonate, you'll also hear each weekend at Harvest. For campus locations and service times, just visit harvestgranger.org. Well, I'm Aaron Paulus, and I hope that God's word will resonate in your heart and mind this week. Resonate is a radio ministry of Harvest Bible Chapel Granger, harvestgranger.org.